Hey, welcome to that badass podcast. I'm Kaylee, your realistic nutritionist, helping you find the balance between green smoothies and red wine. And I'm Ashley, the creator of Royally Fit, that went from obsessive exercising and calorie counting to living a free, unrestricted, and badass life. We are here to build a tribe of babe-supporting babes so you can thrive in your fitness, health, and mental wealth. So if you like to keep it real, raw, and controversial, welcome. Let's get started. Boom! Nailed that shit! (laughs) After like 18 (laughs) tries. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to That Badass Podcast. Today, we're hanging out with Emily Day, who's from Modern Day Yoga. And we're going to be chatting about a pretty serious topic. It might be triggering for some but I actually believe it's also going to be very comforting and empowering for a lot of people. So she's going to be chatting about sexual assault. She's going to be chatting about like what that looked like during, what that looked like after, and how she's using that experience to empower other women moving forward. So it's going to be a pretty impactful episode, and we hope that you guys stick around. And uh, also, Emily, thank you for talking about something so sensitive, and thank you for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. So... Can we just do a a couple rapid fires? I know we're having like a serious uh, topic, but let's warm Emily up and the audience up with just like getting to know her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's start with uh, what do you drink, coffee or tea? I drink coffee and it's got to be black. Oh, yes. Black coffee girl. Um, Obviously, you love to do yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, What other forms of movement do you enjoy? I absolutely love the gym. Um, I was actually a competitive soccer player for over 20 years. So high impact sports like that where it's endurance and competitive and where I can like feel like I'm getting aggression out. That's what I really love. So gym, the gym rather offers me that kind of um, opposite from the more zen and mindful movements that I create in my practice. You actually look like a soccer player. I get that. Yeah, yeah I can see that. You, <laughs> you, sound, you almost sound like one. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, it yeah, right? Yes, it makes, oh, it makes so much sense. Yes. Um, what is like your go-to comfort food? Oh, fuck chips. That's <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, what kind of chips? Because I am a chip connoisseur. Oh, ooh, okay. Um, my favorite is probably all dressed. All dressed is my jam. Um, sour cream and onions up there as well. And then just plain old, plain old OG salts. Yep. 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 So I love good. it. Girl yep. after my own heart. I'm yep. a chip addict for life. So good. <laughs> um, what other questions can we ask? Because you put me on the spot. Do you have one you can think of? Yeah. Do you have a favorite book that you've read recently? Yes. Actually, I love reading. I'm in the middle of two, which I just finished. So um, the two that I'm just in, into right now, uh, Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. Just finished that yesterday at the gym. There Close. you go. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were making a blowjob motion. <laughs> Bring the mic closer to your face. You. I'm like, bring the mic closer because I'm going up and down. Uh, okay, so I've read that one. What was the other one? Um, the other one I'm almost through right now is Eckhart Tolle's The pa- Power of Now, or sorry, Pre- nice. Presence of Now. Really great book. So, oh, yeah, that's an awesome yeah, book. Really good one. And then I've just, um, I have a massive bookshelf at home. Um, some of them I've, I'll reread, some of them I haven't even touched yet. Uh, one that I wanted to get into is The Untethered Soul. I've heard really great things about that. I yeah. haven't read it yet, though. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet, but Eckhart Tolle, I got to get get through that one now. So, okay. But yeah. And then let's do one last one. Um, actually, two things. What position did you play in soccer? I was midfield, right wing, and sometimes striker, sometimes right striker. Ooh. Yes. Yes. And what are you currently binge watching right now? Um, oh, my God. I am a murderer. <laughs> so it's... A, I love... I love- I love that kind of shit. I yeah. love anything CSI, SVU kind of stuff, yeah. um, which I probably shouldn't watch because it's also feeding my nightmares right now. But I yeah. love watching 
criminals and what drives them to do it, what happens. I'm I like to know the backstory behind yes. something that's happened. Like the psychology. I, exactly. It's the psychology that I'm just so obsessed with, figuring out why they did what they did. Now, were you as into this before the sexual assaults? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I just wondered if maybe it had something to do with trying to understand the psychology no. of people, but you've I, always been into it. Yeah. I've always watched uh, Law & Order Special Victims Unit. I literally grew up on that show, and my dad is a police officer as well. So it's, I think it's just something I've always really been exposed to and really yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. So. It's funny because when Emily first got here, I have a subscription to um, uh, Psychology Today, and you're like, oh, I just got that one. I think you're the only person that's ever came over <laughs> and even knew what it was because I'm like you. Like, I totally relate with that. I'm like, let's talk about like what's happening in their life yeah. and what made them that way and the psychology behind mm-hmm. it. Like, I just, I love that kind of shit. It's so, ex- like, it's exciting. And, and as an empathetic person as well, I like to know what happened because it's not just black and white where it's just so multidimensional. So I think it's, you, it would be an injustice to just look at the person without dissecting without their context. layers. Exactly. Yeah. Without yeah. context. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, exactly. I totally get it. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So speaking of getting into the psychology, let's chat about what happened. So first of all, um, I invited you to be on the show after I saw your post and you were sharing about a sexual assault that happened to you, um, in December on a trip. So can you Mm kind of just share with our listeners a little bit why we're talking about this subject and why you decided to come out publicly and talk about it? Um, so it was December 14th. Uh, my fiance and I, Jordan, we went to Cuba and this was like our first vacation after getting engaged. Um, and it was the, that, that night essentially, um, it was the very first night that you it got was, there. Well, we we landed at Cuba on the 14th, uh, around one in the morning. So we just literally went to bed when we got there. So it was our first real day, yes. the Sunday, which was the 15th, um, when it happened. And I guess just to put it into a nutshell without too many details, um, it was the end of the evening and most resorts put on like an entertainment um, where they'll do a show and stuff like that. So it was at the end of the show um, and we just got into a tiff. Like it was just a normal argument that you get into with your partner, especially after a day of being in the sun and drinking. And I just said to Jordan, I'm like, I'm going to the beach. I just want 20 minutes. Um, I'll be right back. It's fine. And and that that's why I went down to the beach because I just wanted to clear my headspace. And for me, water is really calming. So uh, my intentions were to go down, meditate a little bit, listen to the water, breathe, and then reapproach the situation and have a great night dancing the rest of the night away. Um, so I went down to the beach and I'm still on the resort. I didn't go very far. I sat down on a beach chair. I'm sticking my feet in the sand. I'm closing my eyes. I'm listening to the water. And I'm just literally, I'm feeling really fucking grateful in that moment that, yeah, even though I'm in a stupid fight, I'm on a beach. Like it's, it's perfect. And I closed my eyes and I, and I fell asleep. Um, and I have no idea realistically how long I was out for, but when I woke up, there was a a man on top of me and he had a hand on my mouth and his other hand was up my dress and he was trying to get me to be quiet and I could feel him trying to take off my underwear. And before I did anything, I scanned him, I scanned his face. Um, I recognized the colored shirt that he was wearing as one of the groundskeeper shirts, same color, same style as I'd seen all fucking day. So he was staff. He was a staff member, yeah. It was a staff member and he was smaller than I was. He was older as well. I noticed his receding hairline, the wrinkles on his forehead. I fucking scanned this man's face and then I fought back. I kicked him off of me and I ran. I didn't look back, I just... I just ran as fast as my feet could move. I ran back to our room and Jordan was out looking for me, um, with some other resort members. Um, 
and he wasn't at the room and I just collapsed on the floor because I couldn't get in and I'm hyperventilating. I had a full-blown panic attack and another man came up the stairs. I, he had heard me crying and he was Russian and he couldn't speak very much English, but he, I knew he was good because he just kept saying like, I help, I help Russia good. And he walked me back to the front lobby um, where I saw Jordan with a few other people standing there. Like they had just been talking about where the fuck can we go and find this girl? And I made a report immediately. I went to the front desk and just, they gave me a pen and a piece of paper and I wrote down word for word everything that just happened. A, a man just tried to rape me. Uh, he was a staff member. This is what he looks like. If we go down, we can find him. I can pick him out. Like all of those things. I was very coherent. I wasn't wasted. Like I was awake and alert. And and that's initially what had happened. Um, and yeah, that's what happened. They took my report and and that was really the extent of it. So, but you didn't get very much support when you were there. God, no, no. So it wasn't just the extent of it. And then like, it's like, that was done. Like you were looking for support and you were looking for help yeah. and they didn't give that to you. Yeah. And in, in the moment, reflecting back on it too, it was just like, people are just staring at me, you know, like I, like I did something wrong and I wrote down what had happened and we wanted to leave right away. Like right away, Jordan went back to the room, grabbed our things and we're like, we're leaving right now. And they just kept saying, go back to your room, go back to your room. If you want to call the police in the morning, you can do that. But there was no like, let's call the police. Let's, do you need a doctor? Like there was none of that urgency. There was none of that support. There was none of that compassion. They were just like, go sit down. And they sat there and talked amongst themselves in their language where I have no idea what they're saying. And just sitting there literally like I get in shock, in full blown shock. I mean, you just can't fathom something like that happening to you. Um, and essentially what happened afterwards, we went back to our rooms and we realized that we left one of our bags at the front lobby and all of that commotion. And in that bag, it had our wallets, our passports, our, our identification, our insurance, like everything, everything was in that bag from yep. the safe. And we called and they're like, we don't have it. There's no bag here. Um, so the next morning, we got a phone call from the front desk and they said, oh, we have your passports. So I went down there to go get my passports and two security members, two male security members came out, put me in a room and they're like, essentially, we have your passports. What happened with your sexual assault? Are you pressing charges? Are you going to call the police? And it was very... Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is very aware. Like I was very aware that the intent was, are you pressing charges? If not, here's your passports. And that's exactly what happened. The second I wrote down, I'm not filing a police report. I'm not pressing charges. I'm fine. They gave me my passports back. Wow. And it was really fucked did, up. So did you say you're not pressing charges because you wanted them back? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was all, all I could think about was my son. I'm like, if I say that I'm pressing charges right now, if I say that I want the police called, what if they send me to jail? What if they put me in jail because I'm accusing a staff member without really any proof? Because it very much, he said, she said with these kind of situations and I'm, I'm fucking terrified. All I'm thinking about is my kid back home. Like I'm never going to see my son again. So it was completely full blown safety at that point. It was survival mode. So it they was, were bullying you into oh, it. Oh, a hundred percent. And I wrote down, I'm not pressing charges. I'm fine. And then they gave me my passports back. That's so fucked up. But you never got your luggage. Never. We never got our phones back, our wallets back. <gasps> none I didn't of, know that. None of that stuff was recovered. And we ha so we had a meeting with the head of security and our Sunwing rep, which is supposed to be your advocate abroad. Um, and during that meeting, the head of security, the only thing he asked me in English, the only fucking thing he said to me to my face was, were you drinking? That was it. Everything else was in Spanish amongst themselves. And our Sunwing rep then you told mean at, us- at your all-inclusive? Was I drinking 
right? I'm out of, I'm on a vacation with my, like, first of all, obviously we were drinking. Second of all, that has fucking nothing to do with the situation because I, and I said this to the security member, the security staff, I'm like, I have nothing to gain by concocting this story. Exactly. Like what fucking purpose would I have to create this like out of thin air for no reason? Like basically ruin your trip and create PTSD. Exactly. Like Like, it's just, I'm just like, what the fuck? But so our Sunwing rep then told us that the head of security said to her, that, that we weren't on the surveillance cameras from the night before. He's like, we don't have a copy of your initial report. You're not on the security cameras. We don't have your bag there. So basically they're like, if you want, you can call the police, but you don't have any fucking proof. So That's the, so manipulative. It was really, really messed up. And afterwards we had said, we're like, well, where's the staff member that took my report? Where's the security guard that was working when I'm at the front desk crying about what happened? Where's the witnesses from the front desk lobby? Like I was wearing a bright red dress. I was bawling my eyes out. There's no way we weren't on the security cameras. Like what the fuck? Why are you saying that to us? Right. And realizing it then I was like, I said to Jordan, I'm like, this is, this is a cover up. It's being covered up. I accused a staff member of trying to rape me. It's being covered up. They have our things. I'm like, right now it is survival mode. I'm like, we need to play nice. We need to say like, please. And thank you. Mind our P's and Q's and we will get out of this country. Hopefully we will get the fuck out of this country. And that's kind of what it came down to after they said, you're not on the surveillance cameras. We don't have proof of what happened to you. So you can call the police if you want to kind of thing. But kind of like oh well so we did we we spent the next five days at this fucking resort with no money no phones nothing and then we went home afterwards and still never got any of my things back we had to cancel all of our cards none of that stuff was returned to us and and now it's the aftermath of having to heal from something so just so traumatic right because especially after sharing what happened having it completely invalidated was being like re-traumatized again. Somebody saying that we don't, you don't have proof. You're not on the cameras. We don't have your things. So sorry. And I think that was. And not even not validated, but also manipulated. Totally. Like, it's not like you just said something in there like, Oh, it's a, he said, she said, we, we can't believe you, but you were, you were uh, like just straight up manipulated. Yeah. And almost blackmailed in a sense. Right. Absolutely. Horrible. Yeah. And you can tell, I mean, we're in a communist country. We don't speak their language and we've lost our things. So we definitely have the, the like downside of it. Yeah, I guess the short the end hand. of the stick. Exactly. Yeah. They have the upper hand with it. And it was very, very clear that that's what was used as a tactic to keep us quiet, to, you know, have us monitored because what could we do? What could we do? We, How uncomfortable for the rest of your trip. Oh, it was awful. And, and you couldn't come home. No, we couldn't come home. I mean, we asked about getting an early flight back from our Sunwing rep, and she just made it seem like it was such an inconvenience. She's like, ah, oh, it's something that we don't traditionally do for people, and if you do do it, it's a process that needs to be approved, and then it's a lot of money to get that flight early. So both of us are like, well, fuck, we don't have our wallets anyways. Like, it's an inconvenience. Yeah, you know what was really inconvenient? Somebody trying to rape me at yeah. this resort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at that point, I felt like my voice was really choked because if I said something to upset them or or put up a fuss or whatever, that potentially I could be sent to prison and then I would never see my son again. And that was the only driving factor. And I think I'm so grateful that I have Bryce because it was something that 
I think really helped me survive that situation because I don't think if I had that, maybe, maybe I would have been more like ecstatic or erratic or whatever. But in hindsight, that could have potentially put me in prison in a communist country where I would have been fucked. Yeah. So, so you were essentially stuck there for the next five days. We were. Did you see him? I never saw him again. And this is my thought that he was probably told, don't don't come to work for five days until these people leave. Because in my head, I'm like, why couldn't you just look up the roster of staff members that were working the beach cleanup or doing the groundskeeper for the evening? Like, why the fuck couldn't you call the security guard? And they just said to us, well, everybody works in shifts here, so the security guard from the night before isn't here now, so we can't get a hold of him. What it, a cop out. That, wow. That's straight, Thanks for trying real hard. Yeah, straight up. It was exactly that. Well, this is it. They know that there's a loophole. That, yeah. that's, that's, right? that's it. This is uncharted territory. This is not like, it's not like it happened in Canada where you live and there's things that you do. Yeah. It's really, is I. it's almost like the perfect crime. It really yeah. is. They knew we were leaving in five days and and that was it. And that's, yeah. that was it. I never saw him again. I mean, I did, I went to the beach every single day and I said that to Jordan. I'm like, I need to go to the beach every fucking day because I'm not letting this person, uh, dictate how I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to let them stop me. So that's something I needed to do for myself. But I mean, for the most part, I felt so bad for Jordan because he didn't know how to handle it. And I just, I'm like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Like, just, I'm like, just stay a foot away from me, but close by kind of thing. And mm-hmm. he just didn't get it now. Now he does. But, but yeah, it was being in like a, a paradise slash prison. It was sunny weather, but you couldn't go anywhere. So it was really, yeah. really a weird paradox. A paradox. Yeah. I was going to ask you how Jordan felt. So thank you for sharing that because it affects both of you. Totally. Right? Like, and it's like, whether it's the repercussions from how it affected you, but also he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't know what it's like. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't know necessarily what you need out of that situation. So like, that would have been very difficult. And then even just the pretense of why you guys went there, how excited you probably were, what yeah. that's going to look like. That's all ruined in that moment. Right. And that also ruins it for him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And he, he is struggling. Absolutely. I mean, he feels like it's his fault. He's like, we got into a fight and he's blaming himself because of it. But that's something we've really had to work at collectively is reminding each other that it was nobody's fault. There's nobody to blame except, you know, this disgusting human being that felt he had the right to take advantage of somebody. Um, but yeah, he does. Of course, he blames himself and he's struggling with it, too. But well, and I, I can only imagine for a man, whether we want to admit it or not, men like to feel like they can protect us, right? It's yeah. an instinctual thing. And for him to feel like there's nothing that he can do to make that go away, to make you feel safe. Yeah. He can't calm you in the n- normal way he could of holding you because at that point you don't want to be touched. Like that is incredibly traumatic for him as well. Yeah. And so where would you say now like you two are with this situation? I mean, communication is a huge part of this process and especially for me because he can't read my mind. So, you know, there's been a few times over this last couple of months where uh, he's gone to be intimate with me and I've burst out into tears. And how do you communicate something like that when you're feeling all of those feelings and how to let your partner know that too without them taking it on personally. So both of us are in therapy as well and he's come to a session with my therapist and um communication is a huge part of it. It's just being able to unapologetically say, this is what's going on for me and for him to hear that and then be able to respect it and hold that space for me, which is really important. So we're getting better at that. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just a one breath at a time kind of process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's a learning curve that you would not wish any couple or person to have to learn. Totally. 
Yeah. So should we backtrack a bit? Yeah, I want to backtrack to like why you decided to come out and talk about this um, because not every woman feels comfortable doing mm-hmm. so. I know you've had some judgment from people when you do because you also went on, it, I keep forgetting, was it City Line or it was CT- CTV or City News? Sorry, City okay. News. Yeah. Um, so can you just share why you decided? Because I know you took a bit before you actually like came out, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you decide to do that? Um, I decided to to share the experience of what happened because um, I know for myself, talking um, is a really effective form of healing and empowerment. And um, I've said mentioned it to you guys before the podcast that I, I am already a rape survivor. So it's something I've been through 10 years ago. Ironically, I was 19 and the first time it happened and I was 29 the second time it happened. So 10 years apart and I knew I needed to talk about it. So I just used my social media platform as the space to share what happened. Um, and in sharing that video, City TV News caught a hold of the story and reached out to me. Um, and for me, I just shared it because I know I needed to do it. I needed to share it for myself. It wasn't to gain anything. It wasn't for anybody else. It was just a truth of mine that I felt necessary to share to, to begin the healing process for myself. So the first time this happened, you were 19. Do you want to share a little bit about that story? Um, it's... You don't I have to. It's yeah, you don't to have fair. to. I'll say, ironically, it's the same country. It happened in Cuba. Um, and same thing, it was a staff member. What I'll say from that experience is that I blamed myself for the whole thing. I shamed myself for the whole thing because I was drinking, because I followed this person. And I just internalized that for seven years. And I blamed myself when it really wasn't my, my fault. I was preyed upon. I was 19. I, I didn't know dick all. And although I was in a situation that was dangerous, I still didn't think about it. But that's something I knew I wasn't going to do this time. I'm not blaming myself. I'm not shaming myself. It was not my fault. Um, and that's something I really want to share and reiterate, especially for women that have been sexually assaulted, that it is not your fault, not your fault. No matter if you're drinking, if you're wearing a dress, if you're having a good time, if you go to the beach by yourself, it is not your fucking fault. That's in no way a, a sticker on your back that says you give consent. So... So obviously 19-year-old you and 29-year-old you handled similar situations very differently. Very, yeah. So when this happened at 29, do you think that you acted the way that you did and were so proactive because of what happened when you were 19? Or do you think it was also just being older and wiser, a combination of the two? Like why was it different this time for you? I think, as you just said, perhaps a combination of the two. I mean, I've spent 10 years... um, adding tools into my toolbox, um, you know, doing things like therapy, uh, meditation, yoga, empowerment, all of those things to help, you know, strengthen my sense of self. And the first time it happened, I, I froze. I just, I just froze and I couldn't move. And, and this time I just was so fucking angry. And I think that was my driving force behind it. Just being like, not again. No fucking way is this happening again. And I wasn't afraid to fight back, whereas the first time I was. And I think, yeah, a combination of just empowering myself over the years, doing the therapy, doing the work, and really recognizing that it wasn't my fault. So I sure as fuck wasn't going to let it happen or at least do everything in my power to not let that happen again. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If you have um, a question. Go ahead. I was just going to... We're using the word empowerment and we also introed the episode like that. And I know you want to talk about this because you want to em- like embark empowerment for mm-hmm. other women, uh, not only within yourself, but like to, to anyone that's ever been assaulted. What does that look like for you? Um, 
something really cool that has kind of, I guess, uh, come out of, out of this experience is I've been talking with Sunwing, um, and I really want change to be implemented. It was never my prerogative to hire a lawyer and sue them or, uh, you know, participate in a class action or anything like that. I want change to happen because this is something that is happening, has happened, and it will continue to happen. So the more that I can shed light on what happened to me, I think the better chances I can help another woman. So Sunwing, um, as far as I know, is in talks of having a, a hotline put in uh, for passengers that, God forbid, this would happen to. Um, they're thinking about having their website completely restructured and changed and putting in these you know, precautions and or outlets for female travelers or travelers in general that experience any kind of abuse abroad. And I think that's huge because that's something that's never been done before and not talked about before. And if I can help, you know, be a catalyst for that kind of shift in an airline like that, I, I think that's, in, that's incredible. And hopefully it will be something that will allow women to have a voice to feel like their voice will be validated because even though mine wasn't at the very beginning it's being heard now and I'm, I'm not going to stop talking about it until I see that kind of concrete change happen that's incredible and you should be so proud of yourself thank you um okay I want to talk about something I know Ashley and I both kind of want to talk about it and we're hesitant because it it's a it's a touchy subject um you use the word precaution and however I articulate this, somebody's going to be pissed off. Somebody's well, it's like a PSA yes. that you could be pissed off. But I'm just yeah. saying that like we all have different experiences. We all have different opinions. We all have different reasons for the way we feel, et cetera. As I said to you before we started this conversation, in a utopian world, I could run around in a G-string, blackout, wasted, and on every drug under the sun and do whatever I want and nothing ever should happen to me. Mm -hmm. I should be safe. Unfortunately, we do not live in a utopian world. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there that are not good people. Of course, I put zero blame on you. I put zero blame on anyone mm -hmm. that this has ever happened to. But, and this is where it can be controversial and I'm even nervous saying it, but I think it's an important conversation to have. And Ashley and I have this conversation a lot is we also have to be aware of our surroundings. We have to make educated decisions about where we are, who we're with, the situations that we're in. What, basically, of what... What's your, to, what's your take on that? Yeah. yeah. We, we all talked about this before for anybody that's listening. And so we know how Emily feels, but we want Emily to be able to share that too, is because we want our listeners to not just hear a story, but like you're saying, feel empowered, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, how, 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 do you, how does Emily, but how does somebody else move on after something like that? And also, how would you teach your daughter, your friend, or whatever to stay safe? To stay, stay safe as possible. Yeah, um, definitely to piggyback on your thoughts around this conversation in general. It's totally a very fine line. I think a lot of people are very opinionated on it because it's a heavy topic. Um, and if there's anything that I've learned about it, in especially being a victim previously, and now I'm reflecting on it and I'm not blaming myself because it's not my fault, but thinking back on it, absolutely going down to the beach, regardless of the intentions by yourself at night can be a dangerous situation. Even on the resort, I should have been safe. The should have, would have, could have. That yes. stuff's, you know, irrelevant in, yes. in this context. But 
looking back on it, absolutely. I put myself in a dangerous, potentially dangerous situation. And the one out of one trillionth time, it fucking happened. And that's the problem is we think that it'll never happen to us when realistically, yes, it can. Absolutely. And when I was, I was kind of sharing when you got here that when I first moved to Toronto, like I grew up in an extremely small town and had small town mentality that people are nice, people are kind, you can trust people. And I was really naive when I moved to the city. And I, I, there was parts of me that I liked that about me that I was, but like there was, I made some bad choices. I trusted too many people and I was fortunate that nothing severe ever happened to me, but I got myself in some really bad situations that now I would never do mm-hmm. because I've learned. And that's where it's hard because I'm not blaming me. And of course I should be safe and I should be able to do whatever I want. But unfortunately that's just, that's not the reality. And I think it's, it's hard to have that conversation because you never want to upset anybody or judge anybody or whatever, but there are precautions that can be taken to at least reduce the risk of something happening. Absolutely. And it's exactly that. You're not blaming any, anybody that has been a victim of it, but if you can extract, you know, the lessons from it, like looking back now, I will absolutely have my radars up. Should I ever go on another all-inclusive vacation? I wouldn't go down to the beach by myself. I'd have a buddy with me or my partner with me. Um, You know, being mindful of things like your drinks, being mindful of your surroundings, none of those things, you know, mean you can't have fun and let loose. It just means that you've got that situational awareness, which especially as women, I think is really, really important. And if you don't have it as a woman, it's not your fault if something happens. No. It's not, but it's really important to, to apply that because we live unfortunately in a day and age right now where people will take advantage of you. If they had the chance, people will violate you because hurt people hurt people. And sometimes that's just how it happens. Um, but I know it wasn't my fault, but the healing part is definitely my responsibility. And I have absolutely taken the lesson out of it and I'm applying it going forward. And I think that's an important thing to share. Like, as you had said, you had this naive, you know, rainbow butterfly kind of mentality moving into a space that isn't rainbows and butterflies. And sometimes we unfortunately learn a really hard lesson out of that mentality, but I don't think it's a bad thing to equip ourselves to educate ourselves and to use that as a a form of protection so that it doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen again, but again, things, they happen. Sometimes bad things happen regardless of being in Cuba or in Canada. They happen. Even if you take precautions, sometimes they They can can still happen. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show, not only to give you the platform to share your story, but also because what I got from you is that you were about empowering women and it wasn't just about attention. And I hate even saying that because I don't want women to same thing, feel shame. This is really, Mm -hmm. it's a really hard topic, but one of the things that I feel like with the me too movement and I love it and I think it should happen and it is happening is that sometimes we forget to take the precautions because we're so hell bent about our own rights Mm -hmm. as women that we should be able to wear whatever we want, drink whatever we want, be wherever we want, that we're putting ourselves in predictable situations. And that is not how I will teach my daughter. And I, I don't want to talk about the assault that I've had, but I have had two assaults and I put my, I'm not saying same thing as you, like Mm -hmm. I, I put myself in those situations and I think that, and I know we're going to get into this, but the psychology, I think that's a huge part of my healing. Mm -hmm. 
and not just sitting there like I'm a victim, right? And yes, you are a survivor or a victim, but if you only attach yourself to that part of the story, it's very hard to move on. Totally. And so it's very important that like we take... Should it have happened? No, but we have to have some sort of equal responsibility in the positions that we're putting ourselves in and you'll be damn mm-hmm. straight or damn well known that, I don't even know the word for it, that like we will be, I will be telling my daughter about what happened and ensuring that she understands if she puts herself in that position that no, she's not a victim, but don't go put yourself in that position. Yep. And, and I say this with so much love and compassion and like I, and it's so hard, especially talking to somebody like you that just went through that. Like, I just want to hug you mm-hmm. and I don't want to take away from that, mm-hmm. but we also have to empower women, yeah, totally. right? Empower women and like ask for your friend to come be safe yep. and don't put yourself in those positions. And sometimes you're not, you're going to be literally walking down the street and we're probably going to get emails about this, Kelly, that like anybody could be raped. Right. Yeah. Anybody can be raped well, at any look time. Look what just happened with like the Bert Sapaya. Yeah. I don't know if you follow her or not, but yeah. she was just in Nashville. Right. And she was saying like, she was out with her girlfriends. They were having a great time. She was tired. She wanted to go home. She made the decision. I'm going to go home by myself. Like, why should she not be able to, we should all be able to do that. She's on the street. She's waiting for her cab. And this guy just comes up and starts, you know, getting in her face. She kind of shuts him down and he like basically slapped her across the face and in that moment, she said she just froze, right? Like, what the hell just happened? And people were going at her like, why wouldn't you report it? And this and, and Well, first off, what's she going to report? This guy slapped her and ran away. Like, what is that going to do to help? And then all of a sudden, she's, you know, feeling guilt and like, oh my God, I shouldn't have went by myself. And she started to blame herself. And then she, she the spoke out and did yeah. the post. And it was beautifully written. And I'm so, like... It was so incredible for her to come out and talk about it. But even within that, everybody had these opinions. Well, you shouldn't have done this. Well, you should have done it. The shoulds and the shouldn'ts need to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what? She was just a girl having fun with her friends going home. That never, ever should have happened. But unfortunately, these things do happen. And it's, she felt safe. And it's just, kind of, it's heartbreaking that she's just a person walking down the street, did nothing wrong. And yet still people are telling her, well, you made a mistake. You did this. And it's like, what the fuck? There's, that's the there's rape no culture. right or wrong answer. Yeah. And that's where it's just kind of like, no, it should never happen. Yes, we should armor ourselves to be prepared for these situations, but they're, you can't be prepared at all mm-hmm. times. Well, there is no black and white. Like no. you said at the beginning, like it's so gray. It's and 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 essentially you are a victim, but you don't want to attach yourself to that, yeah. right? And like that's the difference about like empowering and moving on mm-hmm. is that these things did happen and we should be able to talk about them. And no, they shouldn't be happening and and we do feel like a victim and uh, like we are a survivor of that. But like the the fact is is that like as women to empower ourselves, we need to detach from that, talk about it like birds papaya I did talk about it like you did and then go to therapy do yeah. the work and it sucks that we have to do that but that is it's the world it's, we live that's in it, yeah. right it's not fair but it's reality I'm, that's that's a huge takeaway too I think because I know that the assault wasn't my fault but it is my responsibility to heal that belongs to me and I think that's where sometimes victims or survivors get caught up in attaching themselves to that particular label and then getting kind of stuck in the well they lose their identity yeah it's stuck in the and I don't want to say like the woe is me because you have every fucking right to lie in bed and do nothing you'd have absolutely every right and people would understand that but at the same time nobody can make you get up and do the work except yourself and that's where I'm trying to 
extract a bit of, you know, power back in it is that the healing process is mine. This is, this is my process. I get to decide how I want to handle it going forward. And, and I want to do the right things for me, which is talking about it, which is therapy, which is, you know, making changes to my social life. Like I used to be very active on social media and I'm really not that much right now, but it's, I just can't be right now. And that's, this is my my way of dealing and healing. Um, but it's my responsibility. It doesn't belong to my partner, to my parents, to anybody. It's, it's my responsibility to heal. Um, and I think that will help put, you know, a survivor back in the driver's seat and understanding that nobody else can help you work through this shit except you, whatever that looks like for you, but it's yours. It's your responsibility. I think one thing that is important too, is that we need to not judge one, the woman of how it happened, but two, how it's handled. Mm-hmm. Until you've been in that, even if so you you're walk like, the well, shoes. I've been raped and I handled it this way, that doesn't mean that that person is in the same spot, right? Yeah, and totally. That all we can do is listen to be supportive yeah. and to be there and understand that we're all on different timelines. Like you said, when you were 19, you weren't ready. It took you seven years before you could even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, one, you had to live with what you went through. Mm-hmm. But then to have judgment and criticism and ridicule on top of that. Like, no wonder people don't come forward. Oh, big time. All of a sudden, your sexual history is brought up. All of a sudden, how much you drink, what you wore, how you acted, were you flirting? Like, that shouldn't even be discussed. Mm-hmm. And to like, you have to live through the trauma and then the aftermath trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think as a society, we need to stop being like, well, this is what you should do as a victim. And this is how, like, let's just listen and be there for that person and give them what they need as an individual. Which is why it's so incredible you're creating, you're trying to create that line with Sunwing because people need to be heard and Mm -hmm. they need somebody to talk to when you're in a different country and they need to feel safe and like they can leave right away. And like, that's why it's like, or cause where's the motivation for somebody to speak up and say what happened if they know they're going to get zero support. Exactly. Right. That's that's what happened. Yeah. And sorry, I feel like I cut you off. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, that's why it's really incredible that you're doing this and you're, you're empowering yourself in so many ways. And it doesn't mean it's not painful. Like even when Emily first got here, I asked her, I'm like, like, how is it continuing to talk about this? Like, it's not easy to continue talking Mm -hmm. about something that was so traumatic. Right. But it's like, when you have that mission to help somebody else that may go through that, to empower another woman, to own it's, you're saying it's your responsibility to move on. It shouldn't be. But you've taken that on and how amazing. And it might not happen for somebody this quickly. Yeah. But it, it, it has to eventually happen if you want to be able to move on. Because or else that power that person's always going to have power over you. Totally. That's exactly kind of one of the things I was going to say is that until you decide to make that change to, to try to attempt to move on, that person didn't just rob you of that moment. They're robbing you of the rest of your life. Absolutely. And they don't deserve mm-hmm. to have that power. No, no, no. And I know that's easier said than done. Yeah. And I know over years you've done that work, but like that's something that I think we need to focus on is that they don't get to ruin the rest of your life. Yeah. And you get to get that power back, but however long it takes and whatever yeah. way it takes you to get there. Absolutely. And I think that's the ultimate like fuck you is to be able to thrive despite what happened, you know, to still kind of put one foot in front of the other. And it's messy. There's no book on healing or recovery or for any, any 
you know, number of heavy topics, but I do think it's, it needs to be on your terms and it, it needs to be something that you're willing to do for yourself. Um, and it is, it's messy. I, you would ask me like, you know, how am I doing with talking about it? And, and it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I'm struggling really heavy right now with severe nightmares. I mean, I'm, I'm 30 and I can't sleep at night cause I'm having nightmares and it's really fucked up. But it, I know that if I don't, continue to talk about it, it will manifest somewhere else in my body. It will be internalized and that kind of stagnant energy does not serve me a purpose. It'll come out somewhere. It will come out somewhere, some form. And, you know, I just don't want to repeat the same patterns or same behaviors or, you know, continue making the same mistakes. I mean, my therapist had said, you know, when we were talking about, um, you know, not blaming the victim, but, you know, where is that line of being aware and stuff? And she had just said to me, and it was like a light bulb. She's like, because I've been victimized before in, in my teenage years and in my early adulthood. And now she's like, you put yourself in a situation where potentially something bad could have happened. And I was like, holy shit. She's like, it's a pattern. Victims subconsciously do, you know, aware of it or not on some level, it's like an opportunity for them to like fight back or they end up, you know, being assaulted again or having a bad thing happen, whatever. But it's something, do you think it's because women, like I'm just kind of thinking out loud, but because they do blame themselves maybe for what initially happened, yeah. that they keep putting themselves unconsciously totally. in that situation. I think it's subconsciously in there in the back wow. of their head. Absolutely. So you end up to being- like prove the theory of it was me. It was my fault. Yeah. Uh, or, wow. Or, totally. it's, or it's a worthiness thing. Like yeah. I know for people that have grown up with abuse, a lot of them end up seeking out abusers. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, um, it's almost like they're trying to establish that that story's true, yeah. right? And totally. that's where they're comfortable and it's a self-worth thing. So yeah. I think there are different reasons. I mean, obviously we could sit here and talk about psychology all day, even though I'm not like a professional at it. <laughs> but like, it's like, I, I do think that sometimes it's put yourself in that position. So you finally have that, that time to take your power exactly. back. And then sometimes that's where people are comfortable. Yeah. Sometimes that's just so where they people know. are comfortable. It's, yeah, yeah. Whether they know it or not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is, and like you said, the psychology aspect to it, it's just so incredible. And that was a big light bulb moment for me when my therapist, Kathy was like that. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, I totally did that. You know, regardless of why I went down to the beach, I still went down to the beach by myself. And in hindsight, if I had known my friend was going down to the beach, I'd be like, fuck no, don't go by yourself. Are you crazy? But in my head, I was like, nope, I can do it. I'm fine. I'm just going to go and breathe. And you know, the worst thing happened. I mean, it could have been a lot worse, but something bad did happen. So, you know, I'm not going to ever do that again. And I'm going to work my damn near hardest to really uh, evolve and heal. And um, again, going back to that empowerment piece of extracting what happened and applying that lesson going forward and just just shedding light on a really dark topic. Yeah. I feel like you're 50. <laughs> and I mean that in the kindest way. Like you're, you're so young, but like yeah. the way you speak is so deep and like so introspective and like just sitting here and hearing how you articulate yourself. Like I'm just in awe of you <laughs> oh, and like, you. like you, you just like you've, you've brought in all these experiences and like really created a woman. Right. And like, <laughs> like you. a woman that's like on mm -hmm. to like even bigger and better things. And like, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. Well, yeah. First off, thank you for coming and talking about this. This is something that Ashley and I have wanted to touch, talk about for a long time, but it is really hard now, especially in 2020 with social media and things being taken out of context or people just 
not understanding that we're just speaking from our perspectives and mm-hmm. our opinions, right? And how our like lives our play and out. Our experiences. Yeah. You're and just always putting yourself in the line of fire. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. And Ashley and I held off for a long time because we never want to offend anybody or trigger anyone. And we also don't really want to deal with a lot of backlash, obviously. Totally. I'm totally. a people pleaser. But sometimes it's like for Ashley and I, we just have to rip off the Band-Aid and realize that conversation is still better than no conversation. Yeah. And if maybe we ruffle someone's yeah. feathers, maybe there's a reason why, or maybe they could educate us on something that we haven't learned yet or totally. whatever. Totally. But we've come to realize that it's more important to at least have the conversation than for everybody to like the conversation, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So thank you for being so open and sharing that and letting us, you kind of helped us figure out how we wanted to articulate some of this. And I, I just, I can't say enough good things about the fact that you're just like, fuck this, I'm going to talk about it and mm-hmm. I'm not going to let this define me. Yeah. Yeah. And for being so brave and thank yeah, you. Yeah. You were, you said the word catalyst earlier and like watching the way you articulated yourself online, I was like, oh my God, like this girl, like you were like the perfect catalyst to have these kind of conversations because you're, you're very compassionate and, mm-hmm. and sensitive and introspective, like I said, and no, these aren't easy conversations, but they, they do need to be had and, to. and we, we shouldn't be just dancing around cause we're going to offend somebody yeah. and somebody might also be triggered because uh, it, like it might bring up old shit that's happened to yeah. them and we don't want to offend them. And this is, I just want you guys to know anybody that's listening, that this is all coming from a place of love and mm-hmm. like trying to empower women to take the power back and not just hashtag me too. And that's enough. Like we need to have the difficult conversations yeah. and get kind of dirty about it. Yeah. Um, to, to like people might, might not even want to hear your story. Like yeah. it makes them uncomfortable, but like sometimes we need to hear those things. Yeah, totally. There's this one piece of advice my dad had given me. Um, he said, he's like, you have to feel everything. He's like, you have to feel the good, the bad and everything in between. He's like, you can't smoke it away. You can't drink it away. You can't buy it away. You can't fuck it away. Like you have to feel it. And that's something that's always stuck in the back of my head, especially for this kind of stuff is I have to feel it. Um, and I think it's really important to talk about it and share it. And I, I don't think I said this on the podcast, but after the interview had aired for city TV, they had 12 women, 12 fucking women reach out, um, assaulted on the same result resort. All of them are Sunwing you know, travelers. And, uh, I got a couple emails from some of them that, you know, their stories are, are even more disgusting than mine is. And it's like, why isn't this conversation being had? And I totally get why, because the backlash and the opinions are intense, but I know for myself that it's my truth. And that's the entire purpose of sharing it is that it's important to me. And that's all that matters. And everybody else's opinion is not my business. So I don't bother with, you know, soaking it in because I know it's true. And I think it's really important that this conversation is had and I'm sick and tired of, you know, pussyfooting around the subject because it needs to be happened rather it needs to happen. And this is the perfect, you know, perfect place is just, just to start. Just to start. The real question is why does somebody think that they should have an opinion on your experience? I don't know. I mean, people have opinions on everything, you know, they're, they have, they think that they know the intentions or, you know, their, their own judgment. Really. I just think it's a reflection of, you know, their shit on you, which really doesn't have anything to do with you anyway. So let anybody can talk. I mean, people said that I wanted money out of it, blah, blah, blah. And, and none of that is true. So, I mean, that doesn't matter because I know it's true at the end of the day. I think that's, that's an important takeaway is knowing what's your truth and 
just stick into it. And you help those women. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you guys keep saying, and I feel very conflicted when I hear people say that, oh, you're brave and you're courageous because I, I don't feel like it. I just, I don't feel like it because I'm just, I'm just sharing something that happened to me, um, which is cool to, to, to hear that. But I just, I don't know. I don't actually feel brave because... Because yeah, I'm just sharing something that happened, and if it does help somebody, that it makes me does make me feel really good about it. And I hope these changes with Sunwing become concrete, um, because that would be something really fucking cool. Okay, so why don't we finish the conversation around that? What does this process look like right now? Like going through this 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 thing to get this initiated with Sunwing? I've just asked their representative that's been working with me that I'd be kept in the loop about everything, all the meetings that they've been having and the conversations, and we're just emailing back and forth. But my last email I sent to her was like, I really think that this needs to happen. So, I mean, if it means that I get a petition started and have X amount of signatures to make sure a hotline gets put in or, you know, changes to their website or even like a, f- a fund set up to support women that need therapy that can't afford it. Like something needs to happen. I'm going to fucking make it my mission to have that changed created because I, I stand by it and I think it's really important. So I forget what you asked me. No, that was, I just said, what, is, what does that process does, look like? Like, it, like going through that with them? Because like, I can't imagine it's easy. I imagine not, it takes a lot of your time. It you got to go through like a lot of loopholes, a lot of legalities. Like yeah. that's, it's a big thing to take on, right? Totally. So I was just wondering if you had an idea of like what that looks like. I mean, it's still in the uh, the ground floor of it. The But I mean, I think for me as as the more I talk about it and share and do things like, you know, you know, this, this podcast and, and follow up with the reporter and stuff, I think that it... The more light we shed on a dark subject, the more people can see into it and would help, you know, create that shift and, and potentially bring this, you know, this change into fruitation. So Amazing. Well, let us know what we can do to help. And yeah. I'm not saying that to just like... Fluff up. Yeah, yeah. And make you feel good. Like we are here to help women make change and, and, and enlighten mm-hmm. women, empower women, make them feel fucking badass. Totally. Right? And that's and, hell yeah. And so like if there's anything that we can do along the way, and if it's even just like taking it to our social media platforms really to like cool. get petitions signed, like yeah. we will help you. If I needed to do that, that like how badass would that be if we as a group of women could make an airline put in a a different protocol from what they have now. Like that's fucking epic. So Mm -hmm. I think that's going to, that's my main goal is, you know, get a hotline put in or have your website changed and put better support in for your travelers, whether it's male or female. If something bad happens abroad that somebody has somewhere they can reach out to because I'm very fucking fortunate with my circle of, of women and friends to support me. I have a therapist that thankfully I can afford to pay for where a lot of women might not have that support. So if they have one place that they can reach out to, that might save their life. You know, you never know. So, you know, saying babes, supporting babes is a lot more than just encouraging them to be your accountability buddy and work out and stuff. It's about all aspects. And that's what we really care about on the podcast is like supporting women through all of it. Mm -hmm. And anything like Ashley said that we can do to help get the word out on this is like, we're in. Cool. Thanks guys. Yeah. Um, one last question I wanted to ask. I know you said that your dad had some great advice, but what is, mm-hmm. you know, a piece of advice that you would give a woman that's went through something like this and is just feeling completely lost. They have no idea where to go. They're blaming themselves. What, what direction would you send them in? I would remind them wholeheartedly how much it is not their fault. Like no matter what they were wearing, the situation that they were in, it's not your fucking fault. No matter what, that's that's it. And I can't, you know, ingrain that more 
than by just reiterating how much it is not your fault and and just doing that. Holding space is a really big thing that's important to let people feel the feelings. So, you know, doing that and and being a non-judgmental pair of ears um, that somebody can listen. And I've made the mistake of telling people that didn't have the ears for whatever reason to hear it. And that makes it a lot much worse when people don't uh, validate it for you. So just be gentle with yourself, be compassionate. It's messy, but it's one day at a time. And that's, that's how I'm living through this process is one day at a time. And just, it's not, it's not your fault. You don't deserve the blame. You don't deserve shame. And, and it's not, it's not your fucking fault. So if, it, if you need to say that in the mirror over and over and over and over until, you know, you laugh or cry or you end up crazy, but just it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. So And therapy. Therapy. Oh, fuck yeah. But the thing is, too, I mean, not everybody can afford therapy, um, but talking about it. So that's that was the thing, too, is, is to talk about it, but with the right people. Yeah, so people, maybe like support, support groups. Support groups. Yeah. yeah, totally. Would be huge because support you groups. could feel very alone, yeah. especially like if you're saying like, even if people are compassionate, not everyone has an ear for it because yeah. they don't want to sit in that discomfort. Totally. Right? So it's finding other people that either a support group, a therapist, um, like just finding a close friend you can talk to, listening to other people's stories. Lots of online support groups. There is online support groups, too. And I mean, I've reached out to before um, Durham has a rape crisis center and a counseling line, but even still, like you know, it took three weeks to get back to me from from them. So three weeks is a lifetime, a long time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, the best thing I would say is just to. I journal a lot. I write down a lot. I burn a lot of stuff. I'm not a pyro, but I burn stuff that <laughs> that doesn't serve a purpose anymore. Once I put it on paper and I can let it go. Um, but yeah, talking talking about it, I'd say was has been my number one, um, you know, platform to to putting the healing process into works is being able to talk about it. So whether I use my social media or my friends or come onto a podcast or anything, just just talk about it because you internalize that kind of uh, that kind of hurt, and that's when we get into danger when that kind of stuff becomes stagnant somewhere in the body and can create a lot more problems. So sickness, sickness. That's literally what I was just going to say. Yeah, right? move it the fuck out of you. Whether you cry, you scream. Um, there are a couple. Oh, I should say a couple other things. So. Um, Something that's really helped me as well is uh, I, I like to break things. So rage rooms. I just heard about these. I'm like, oh my God, I need to go. Great. Rage rooms are awesome. Um, I've gone to Value Village before. Get a stack of plates. Find somewhere safe that nobody will cut themselves. No animals will cut themselves and just break them. Um, there's a tunnel in Curtis that uh, my fiance had brought me to. And we just stand in the tunnel and scream and scream our fucking guts out. And then all of that stuff echoes in the tunnel and it just sounds so cool. And by the end of it, you're just exhausted. But all of that stuff in the bottom of your belly is now out. I heard, have you been to a rage room that's around here? Because I heard that there's one locally now. I was literally just talking about this with Jordan. I'm like, we should open a rage room in Durham. Ashley and I would sign up. Right? 100%. It was actually Tanisha that's like, I've been hearing about this. Do you want to go to one? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, because every time I'm angry, I rage. Like, that's how I release. And like, I'll be like, just like pacing in my hall. Right? And just like, and I'm like, that's why I want to be a metal singer. Just so I can scream, rage. Get it all out. (laughs) Right? And that's... Uh, it's so therapeutic. It's I'm so happy so you brought therapeutic. that up. Yeah. Some people, even if I'm annoyed, I don't know if you've ever done this with Bryce. Like I'm annoyed with Rowan. I will just scream. Yeah. I'm not screaming at her. I'll just go in a room like, ah, 
Oh yeah, just like, totally, totally. I'm and like that's what gets me through. The, and like as much yoga and mindfulness and meditation that I do, like that stuff, like doesn't come out, and I don't want to suppress it. So if I need to, like, <sighs> lion's breath it out, scream it out, scream fuck at the top of my lungs. I do it, and I'm unapologetic about it. Good for you. You gotta it like get it out of yeah. your body. You have to. If you ever want to come to a pound class, yes. <laughs> I just got excited about that. We, it gets some serious rage out. You That's are more cool. than welcome to come. It is like some of the girls are like, "This is my therapy. This yeah. is how I be. I'm still a wife, and this is how I'm still yeah. like I still have my children because yeah. I can get all of it right? out. So you're always welcome. I would to love come. that. That's yeah. why I think I love soccer so much growing up because it's such an. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like aggressive, especially female yes. soccer players. Yes. We're so aggressive, yeah. right? So that's I, that's why I love that kind of sport. And when I got into yoga, I'm all like chill and release my anger in different ways. But there's still, there's still part of me that's mad that wants to take a baseball bat and beat the fuck out of something. So, yeah. and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Fuck no, it's not. I mean, not, not a person, but like, <laughs> you know. Maybe the person that did that per, to you. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with no, that. No, I agree. But if, yeah. if there's something you can do to get that out of your system, then, then just do it it because you you can't drink it away as my dad told me you can't smoke it away and I've done those things and it doesn't help it really doesn't so get it out of your system talk about it write about it scream it out fight it out do what you need to do but get it the fuck out of your body you need to honestly release that release it yeah Yeah. sometimes the only way to do it is something really physical that actually exhausts you that's it movement is great exactly yeah wow that's awesome advice that's (laughs) really good advice I love that and if people want to get a hold of you, how do they find you? Um, my handle for Instagram is modern.day.yoga. Um, and as I said, I've kind of taken a bit of a chill space with the social media. Um, but I'm slowly going to get back into that as I get more confident and, you know, as I'm working through my shit. But that's probably the best way to just find, kind of follow follow me, follow the process. I do a lot of stuff locally with um, with my yoga practice and, and classes. So you can reach out to me there. I'm cool. there. Amazing. We'll put that in the show notes for people. Well, thank you again so much for having such a vulnerable, sensitive conversation with us. And you're awesome. And we know that you're going to help people. Even if they don't, even if they don't reach out, you don't hear from them, Emily, you're helping people. Thank you. So just know that. And you're not, yeah, I know you're saying it's a lot of therapy for you, but it's also therapy for people that are listening. Mm -hmm. So it's very important. Cool. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Awesome. Well, anybody that's listening, we hope that that was very helpful. And, uh, if there's, if you guys need to reach out to us or we'll make sure that we put some of like, we'll find some of the, um, numbers, the hotlines, anything that we can give you guys as far as resources go in the show notes. So, um, yeah. And other than that, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That Badass Podcast. If you could do us a huge favor and head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, we would be so grateful because you have no idea how much that helps us grow our podcast. Yeah, and as an incentive and a little bonus, we're going to be doing a monthly giveaway and it's going to be kind of a mix of everything that we have to offer. So one month it could be Royally Fit Online, joining our community. It could be from the Badass Boutique or maybe even just some like free recipes and like a coaching call or something with us. We will figure it out month by month as we go. So yeah, please go over iTunes, podcast app, leave us a five-star review. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Spare Room Studios.